Hi, welcome to the City View Phoenix podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Hey, City View Church, welcome. If you're new to City View, I just want to say welcome. If you've been here a while, I want to say welcome to you. Today is a great Sunday. So today, for me, is a day that I get off. I get to just sit and hear from the, from the Lord and hear what God has for all of us. Um, and I've asked some friends of mine, Chapin and Christine Marsh, to come and share the word with us. If you guys would please welcome up on the stage. <clears throat> so I met them through their kids which so many times that happens. And um, they have been in ministry for over 26 years. They've been married for 26 years. They have planted churches. They have pastored churches. They have led in different areas of churches. They currently run um, Calvary University. Chapin, you are the president of Calvary University. Um, So if any of you are looking into going to maybe more of a Christian kind of college, connect with them and they will help you. Um, But they do that. And so I asked Chapin when they started coming, I said, Chapin, um, could we have coffee? So we went and had tea at AJ's. And I said, I, you know, you've been coming here for a while. I know that um, they, they were living in San Diego. They were going back and forth. And I said, I have one, one request. I said, when you come to, when you're in Phoenix and you're here in the valley, will you make City View your home? And here's why. I believe that we only get better when we learn from people who are further ahead than we are. And they've been in ministry, and they've seen a whole lot more ministry than I have. So I said, just be a, be a voice that I can ask, be a voice I can hear, and pour into us. And they have done that, and they have just been so faithful, and I'm so thankful for them. And I can't wait to hear what God has for you guys, for us, from you guys. Thank you very much. So I'm Chapin. This is my beautiful wife, Christine. Thank you, Pastor Jeremiah. It's an honor and a privilege just to be hanging out um, here at our home church And Father, we want to pray just by the power of the Holy Spirit that this word would be fitly spoken like apples of gold and settings of silver, ministering, overlaying our hearts and minds for those that have been under withering, horrifying, ongoing, feels like nonstop spiritual attack. We pray for a release and for victory and for grace. We pray those here who just want to recommit their hearts to you would and those uh, here or online who need to ask you, Jesus, to be the Lord of their life for the first time would do that too. So be with us, Lord. We submit, surrender our hearts to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, so uh, the title of this, you guys have seen The Wizard of Oz. The title of this is There's Flying Monkeys on the Way to Oz. So the bottom line is spiritual warfare is real, like really real. And there's things that you do and I do in our flesh, less of the eyes, less of the flesh, pride of life. That's my fault and your fault. So let's just be clear about that. But there's also times where Satan is alive and well on planet Earth, and he's trying to seek to kill and destroy stuff in your life, your finances, your relationships, and other things like that. A little small example in my life recently is the garage door stop going up and down. So we have to park one of our cars in the garage, and so in Phoenix, as it gets hotter, you know that's kind of an important thing, or have shades or whatever. So it's a little bit of a spiritual attack, but then it got better, worse, because In order to get the cars in and out, we have to be like Atlas and hold the garage door up so manually. So my wife gets in her car. She's getting ready to pull out. And then I look. I'm holding up the garage door. It's really early in the morning. So that was inconvenient. So I'm looking, and I'm like, oh, the trash isn't out. This is trash day, which is inconvenient. And I forgot to do that. So there's the trash. And now I got the garage. And then I see my wife pulling out like zip, zip. And I'm there's a little fluffy thing under her car. It's our dog about ready to be run over in front of me. 
So I dropped the garage door, boom, slapped aside, honey, freaked her out, looked for like body parts. Thankfully, the little fluffy guy was okay, scooped him up, brought him out. I'm like, this is the reason, honey, sorry, I didn't mean to yell. And I just thought it's a perfect example of that weird kind of spiritual attack that can hit you in your life that just is disruptive on every level and personal. I mean, could you imagine running over the, backing into your dog? Well, in your life and my life, there is spiritual warfare. And whether you're single, and by the way, there's people here who have the gift of singleness. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 7, 7, I wish you'd be like me. Because when you have the gift of singleness, sometimes we talk about these things, marriage and courting and dating and all that other stuff, and it's like, you know, empty nesting and so forth. And <clears throat> the single people, I'm not talking about the ones that put a ring on it. I'm talking about, like, people with a gift of singleness. Paul said, I wish you'd be like me. It's a really amazing gift because you're free. You can go anywhere in the world. You can have friends all over. You're just free. As opposed to people who are courting and dating, like anybody other than my daughter, Ah, Callie, just kidding, not kidding, 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 not kidding, kidding. So, so there's, <laughs> there's spiritual warfare all around, around us. And so this message is for all of us, especially after Jeremiah did the, the service the last couple, three weeks on family and all the rest of it. So Satan is always looking to seek whom he may kill and destroy. He wants to destroy the vision. Listen, you have a vision in your life. God has appointed and anointed you to do something specific for him, and Satan's like, nah, I want you to be completely distracted, depressed, despondent, discouraged. I want you to be just floating around death in your life and relationships, because I don't want you to get anywhere near what God has for you. So Satan, in the Old Testament, imbued Pharaoh with this idea of kill all the baby boys. So Pharaoh is killing all the baby boys because he's trying to kill the vision that God has for the law. The law is important because the law implicitly speaks to a lawgiver. If there's a lawgiver and he creates the law, then there is one sovereign above and beyond you and I, and we can submit our hearts to him in great grace and peace and hope. But you can't live your life according to ABC 123 in the law. So in the New Testament, Satan comes again. He's like, I don't know where this is going to happen, but there's this vision of grace going to get ready to be birthed. Kill all the baby boys. And so all of the baby boys while Mary and Joseph are running around in the census and the Holy Spirit is leading them here and there. And Herod's like, no, seriously, I want to come and worship. Just tell me where. And the, the uh, wise men, probably more than three, because they gave enough uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh for Mary and Joseph to live in Egypt for 10 years. It didn't say that they were working. So God provide, he's providing for you right now. You will see a provision in your life you've never seen before because you're moving with the Lord and going hither and yon. So Satan is trying to kill the vision of grace. Grace always supersedes the law. Grace, grace. So don't get caught up in the rules and regulations, and don't let Satan destroy you. Just a parenthetical thought, is Satan killing the babies, all the babies, the baby boys, baby girls in our day and time? Since 73, we might say 40, 50, maybe more million. I want to encourage you, if you've ever had an abortion or you know anybody who's ever had an abortion, grace, grace. There's so much pain associated with, with that with people, guys, girls particularly, but guys too. You need to drink in the grace of the Lord. The Lord wants to say to you, I love you. You're totally forgiven. Th that stuff as far as the east is from the west, get back on the horse. I have something brand new for you. And by the way, just because you sit in a service like this, and for those of you online, you can hit this up in the chat. 
you can go ahead and take exactly what Jeremiah and Mark and all these guys preach anytime you hear the word and just share it. It'll be the thing that you become, it becomes part of you at that point in time. 1 Peter 5.8 says, be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Where did Satan come from? He was a cherub. He was probably the worship leader. And then he fell. How did he fall? Isaiah 14, 12 to 14. We have to be careful, careful of pride. How are we doing in the back over there, guys? Is it a little better this time? Okay, good. <laughs> we had a little spiritual attack. I was holding it down here last time, so I'm trying to remember. First, uh, Isaiah 14. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. <clears throat> and then here's five things to avoid. Ascend, exalt, sit, ascend, and be like. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high God. Remember, Satan is like a roaring lion, but he's not a roaring lion because he's a deceiver. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Roar! He's got you. And even while we're preaching today, if you're under some kind of insane spiritual attack, you know, you have a prodigal, pray for them right now while we're speaking. It'll do your heart good. Satan is not omniscient. He doesn't know everything. That's why he was killing all the babies and not the one, which was Moses. Remember, Jacob had set, put Moses in the little reeds, and he went down, and she said to Miriam, her daughter, Miriam, watch the baby. And Miriam, the first babysitter ever in history, watches as the baby Moses goes and uh, Pharaoh's daughter sees it and is like, hey, I need a nursemaid. I would like to take this baby, but I don't have a nursemaid. And Miriam's like, I know a gal. And so Jochebed, the mom, nurses Moses all the way in. It's that kind of thing where the Lord's always working behind the scenes in your life, creating life and hope and victory for you. And Satan is a counterfeiter, and Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's not omniscient. Satan's not omnipresent. He's not everywhere, but he does have a highly organized group of demons and um, fallen angels. And Chris is going to talk about some of that in Daniel 10 here in a minute. And so don't be unaware of the wiles of the devil in your life, in your marriage, in your relationships, in your finances. And he's not omnipotent. He's not all-powerful, which we'll see here in a minute. Here's some of the names of Satan. And when I share these names, ask yourself, has this ever happened in my life? Has Satan ever done this in my life? A destroyer. Has he ever destroyed a job a, a relationship, a business deal, uh, or something like that. He's the accuser of the brethren. Stay away, Chapin, from gossip and slander. It'll destroy a church. It'll destroy friendships. Just if anybody can just bear testimony to that. Let's just go ahead and say amen. Yeah, it's horrible. And I do it. You do it. We've all done it. But sometimes it's you, and sometimes you're prompted by this thing, and you can tell because there's no peace in it. He's our adversary. He's the deceiver of the whole world. He's a great dragon, the enemy, your enemy. He's the evil one. He's the father of lies. Remember when you've lied before, I've lied before. It's like, oh. Remember when someone's lied about you? And you're like, oh, man, I thought we were much more, but we're. He's the prince of the power of the air. We just had some spiritual warfare first service just because Satan wants to block this. And he wants to block any time you pick up the phone and start sharing the gospel with somebody. He's a ruler of this world. We'll talk about this next week. Uh, but Satan's first attack was against the word of God when he said to Eve, 
did God say? And then um, that whole thing that Adam's like, oh, let me think. And the whole title deed to planet Earth gets handed over. He's the prince of the power of the air, the ruler of this world, and he's the tempter. What's his position in activity? What is Satan doing every day? Aren't you kind of curious? Well, it's here in the Bible. Revelation 12.10, Satan is constantly accusing us day and night. What a job. Before God, then I heard a loud voice. Wouldn't that just wear you out? And another thing I hate about her, and another thing I hate about him, and did you see that? It's like, oh, you don't do that though, right? You've stopped doing that. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brethren and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. In Job 1, 6 through 12, Satan's attacks are not, listen to this, they're not a punishment for you. Sometimes Satan allows spiritual attack to happen in your life because ready for this, he's called you to it. You're a trophy of his grace. He loves you and he trusts you and he believes that your faithfulness is going to bear fruit for eternity and it's going to freak people out because you are a faithful friend, person, family, husband, or wife. So in Job 1, 6, now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and walking back and forth on it. So that's what he does. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? So Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household? Here's the accuser. And around all that he has on every side, you've blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But now, stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. You can't kill him. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. So uh, Job trusted God in the trial, not knowing that God trusted Job in the trial. You and I don't know often the purpose, the reason, the motivation behind stuff, but you oftentimes are more of a trophy of grace. Of course, the Lord's shaving and he's sanding and he's moving and massaging you, but God has something special for you in your trial. And by the way, the trial will end. You'll never be in the trial forever, and you'll come out victorious. Remember the boys in the fire that came out? Not only were they not, this is interesting, not only were they not singed, there was not the smell of smoke on them, Anything that had them in bondage was burned off when they were thrown in immediately. The thing that has you in bondage is thrown off when you're put in the trial. And the people who came against him were killed, perished. So the enemy that comes against you is going to be exposed and destroyed. And then ready for this? Yeah. Ready for this? They were already over huge parts of the kingdom. They get thrown in, they come out, and they got promoted again. You're going to get promoted. Just anticipate it. Watch what the Lord's doing. The first attack, as I mentioned, was against the Word of God. And um, one of the questions I have for you right now and for me is, are you in the Word of God? The Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing through bone and marrow to the very division of soul and spirit, discerning the intents and the desires of your heart and mind. And so anytime you speak the Word of God to anybody, it will not come back void. It's like living and active. It will accomplish what God set it out to do, even if you do it in what you think is a feeble way. Keep doing it. So here's, uh, I want to talk about Satan's demise. In the wilderness, Satan tempted Jesus with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And Jesus constantly answered him with the word of God. 
the, the word of the Lord says, the word of the Lord, you, you will not eat uh, 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 bread alone. The word of the Lord says, the word of the Lord says. And so you can fight the enemy in part by the word of the, of the Lord. On the cross, Jesus defeated death and the grave on the cross forever. And for those of us who know Jesus, it's the most important thing that we can uh, take into our hearts. For those of you who don't know Jesus and online too, today's the day of salvation for you. And by the way, you are not just a consumer here. You can remember this and share it with a friend of yours, A, B, C. When you're witnessing to your friends and you're saying, hey, well, do you want to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life? A, admit that, you're, that God is who he says he is and that Jesus is the Lord of, of creation. B, believe <clears throat> um, that Jesus is who he says he is and believe in your heart. And, in, and C, confess with your heart that he's your Lord and Savior. So admit, believe, and confess. And then finally, he gets the final defeat in Revelation. Satan is cast out and he's thrown into the pit of hell. In Revelation 20.10, the devil, Satan, who deceived them, was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Remember, you're operating from victory to victory. Spiritual warfare is really, really real, and Chris has a wonderful story to share with you in that way. Yeah, it was March of 92, and I was a Bible student at Horizon School of, of Evangelism, and that church did these outreaches internationally called Festivals of Life. And in March of 92, we went to Guadalajara, and what happened was we took, like, a team of people there, um, some medical teams, some um, just hand, handing out goods and, and products that were, had been donated, some went into the education field, someone into businesses, but for the whole week, um, people went out and interacted in the community, and then they invited the people they were ministering to back to the main event on a Friday night, and it was in a local park. So this park was called Parque Agua Azul, big, big outdoor park, and all week long, thousands of people had been invited. I, I guess there's at least 5,000 um, people at the park that evening. And somehow I um, had the privilege of actually sitting on stage during the event. I think they needed someone to warm a chair, so I volunteered. About five seats down from me was Pastor Chuck Smith. If, for those of you who don't know him, he was the gentleman that the Lord used to start the Calvary Chapel movement. He was not speaking that night. He was actually just sort of a surprise visitor, and he was on the stage. So I was kind of like, okay, this is really cool. I'm going to watch him and see what he does because he's been around forever, like even longer than Chapin and I, right? So, um, <laughs> so the worship band starts playing. They did a phenomenal job. It's getting dark, and thousands of people are filling up the park. There's a lot of bustling and movement out there. And all of a sudden, in the middle of a worship song, all the electricity goes out. So the music stops, all the big park lights shut down, it's complete blackness, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, this could be a problem, right? So, you know, I, I'm not in charge, I'm sitting in the chair, I look over at Chuck Smith to see what his reaction is. I'm sure he's been through something like this before, and he literally just put this big smile, if you know Chuck, he had the world's biggest smile. He put this big smile on his face and then he just bowed his head and he started praying quietly. Super peaceful, super restful. I thought, all right, just like a little kid. If he's not gonna get nervous, I'm not gonna get nervous, right? 
So Mike McIntosh, who was our pastor at the time, and Chuck Smith was actually his pastor, Mike was the one who set up the festival. Mike immediately jumps up. He runs all the way down to the end, end of the stage. And uh, remind, remember, he's got no microphone. So he's screaming at the top of his lungs, basically. Don't you see that Satan wants to keep you in darkness? This is proof perfect that God, God wants you to come forward. There's a struggle for your soul. You need to come forward right now, right now. And sure enough, every single person, it seemed like, in the park came forward in the dark to the altar to receive Jesus before the message was even given. Just at that moment, like maybe 30 seconds after Mike did that, fireworks shot up from the sky. I have no idea where they came from, but the whole sky just filled up with fireworks. And then um, a little bit later, the electricity came back on, and Mike went back, and uh, after everybody got saved, he gave the message. So this story shows, you know, there's different ways to actually respond under spiritual attack. You can get stressed out and freaked out, or you can, like Chuck Smith, who's my goal, is to just sort of rest in it and pray with a big old smile on my face. Or you can be as bold as a lion, like Mike was. He was just, had pit bull tenacity. He was like, no way this message is going forward and people are going to get saved. And he just ran down there and, and gave it. He, he rose up for the battle. So the reason I'm sharing that story with you is because it's a perfect example, obviously, of spiritual attack. But the devil is real. I want to say it one more time. The devil's real and his attack on his people is real. If you're a born-again believer, you are an image bearer of God. And you're housing the Holy Spirit. And the devil doesn't want you to be successful. When you minister in the Lord's name, it makes the devil defeated. When you choose to do what God wants you to do, instead of react in your flesh, it shows his weakness. And it shows your trust in the Holy One, the one that's worthy to be worshipped. He knows that he cannot steal your salvation, but there are seasons that he definitely works overtime to render you ineffective. Our family's been in a season for quite some time, but I, I have a little bit of Mike's pit bull tenacity, and I, I'm not going down. We're going to fight through it. So the reason that we're sharing this whole um, topic on spiritual warfare is because we can't fight an enemy that we don't even know is there. So it's time for us to wake up and uh, wise up and rise up. Think about this. Who would want to see your marriage fail? Not me. <laughs> yeah, good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> um, who wins when your relationships go south? The Bible's very clear against whom we wrestle. In Ephesians, it says, Ephesians 6 is all about spiritual warfare, in case you're interested in reading the word on this topic. But Ephesians 6 says, Finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can make your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle's not against flesh and blood. It's not against flesh and blood. It's not against flesh and blood. It's against the rulers and the authorities and the powers of the world's darkness and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So what this is saying is that your spouse, your son, 
your daughter, your mother, your father, your boss, they're not the enemy. And we need to remember that when we're interacting with people so we can show the real love of Christ under stressful situations. Ephesians also says, pay careful attention to how you walk, not as unwise, but be as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to reckless indiscretion. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Be alert. Be alert and walk wisely. Now, we're sharing all this kind of crazy stuff about spiritual warfare, but we do not need to be fearful of the enemy. We need to remember that greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. It's okay. You can clap for that. It's, it's all him, man. We need to realize that God is on our side and the full resources of heaven on our side. And we should gain strength from that. Check out Daniel 10. Uh, the uh, slides, I think, are up. It's a long passage, so bear with me. But it's so awesome because it not only shows um, spiritual warfare, but it shows a beautiful picture of Christ in the Old Testament who's literally fighting on our behalf. And it shows, my favorite part, how precious we are to him. So Daniel 10. I'm reading from the NLT. Um, in the third year of the reign of King Cyrus of Persia, Daniel, also known as Belteshazzar, had another vision. He understood that the vision concerned events, certain events that were going to happen in future times, times of war and great hardship. When the vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been in mourning for three whole weeks. All that time, I had eaten no rich food. No meat or wine crossed my lips, and I used no fragrant lotions until those three weeks had passed. So da Daniel was very uh, upset about the vision, and he was really doing all that he could by fasting to press in and to seek God's heart for understanding. On April 23rd, I was standing on the bank of the great Tigris River. I looked up and I saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem and his face flashed like lightning and his eyes flamed like torches. His arms and feet shone like polished bronze and his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. This is literally a vision of Jesus in the Old Testament. It's a Christophany. This is obviously holiness and majesty beyond anything that we can understand. Only I, Daniel, saw this vision. The men with me saw nothing, but they were suddenly terrified and ran away to hide. And perhaps that's because they weren't seeking God. So I was left there all alone to see this amazing vision. My strength left me, and my face grew deathly pale, and I felt very weak. Then I heard the man speak, and when I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted and lay there with my face on the ground. Just then, a hand touched me and lifted me, still trembling, to my hands and knees. And the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God. So listen carefully to to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I've been sent to you. 
When he said this to me, I stood up, still trembling. Then he said to me, don't be afraid, Daniel. Don't be afraid, Susie. Don't be afraid, Samantha. Don't be afraid, Rachel. But since before the day you began to pray for understanding and humble yourself before God, your request had been heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayer. Do you sometimes feel like you pray and pray and pray and God doesn't hear you? This says the exact opposite. The moment you set your heart to seek me and to pray, God heard your prayer. Now, there might be some spiritual warfare between the time you started and the time you get answered prayer, but God heard your prayer. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now I am here to explain what will happen to your people in the future, for this vision comes at a time yet to come. In Psalms, it says that God shares his secrets with his friends, and this is what's happening here. God's literally unveiling to Daniel what's going to happen in the future. While he was speaking to me, I looked down at the ground, unable to say a word. And then the one who looked like a man touched my lips, and I opened my mouth and began to speak. And, and I said to the one standing in front of me, I'm filled with anguish because of the vision I have seen, my Lord, and I am very weak. God understands our weaknesses. It's okay to be real with him. And then he shows great humility. He says, how can someone like me, your servant, talk to you, my Lord? My strength is gone, and I can hardly breathe. So not only is there a real spiritual battle going on, but as a child of God, you literally have all the resources of heaven on your side. God hears you. He dispatches angels. In this, in this instance, it was a, a picture of Christ. Um, you know, to come down and illuminate um, and to strengthen. Literally, he touched him and strengthened him several times. So you have all the resources of heaven fighting on your behalf. So what does spiritual warfare have to do with marriage and family and parenting? Everything. <laughs> Everything. God created us to be in relationship with him first and with others around us. God is literally the great defender of love and relationships. And the enemy targets what God loves. Marriage is a God-ordained institution that reflects the church's relationship with him. That's why there's so much attack on marriage. I'm not talking about just the attack that we see from the uh, outside world on social media, special interest groups, or the government, or Hollywood. But also the individual attacks that attack couples. Or, or a boss-employee um, relationship. Things like stressful finances, anxiety, fear, depression, sickness, busyness, pornography, alcohol, infidelity. These are all tools that the enemy uses to get a foothold in holy relationships. And it ought not be so. So what do you do? when you feel like you're being attacked or your family's being attacked. First and foremost, check yourself. Have you opened a door that maybe you shouldn't have opened? First Peter tells us to be holy, for I am holy. If you're involved in things that wouldn't please the Lord 
it's time to stop. And it's time to get right with the Lord. Go all in with Jesus. You are called to holiness. Second, acknowledge that there's a real enemy, and it's likely not the other person. Third, pray together. Pray with the person that you're having an issue with. It's really hard to be upset with someone when you're coming together under the headship of the Lord. And number four, remember that there is power in the name of Jesus. On that very same trip uh, that I shared about earlier when the lights went out, Earlier in the week, one of the pastor's wives had broken out in hives from head to toe. And she asked me if I would go to the pharmacia to get her some Benadryl. I said, sure. No one else is around. It's only a mile and a half. I'll walk it. Well, I didn't take into account the fact that it was nearly dinner to, or, uh, dusk again. And I'm walking alone down the streets of Guadalajara that I don't know Guadalajara. This is my first time ever being there. I'm walking through these streets. I don't know if it's a good neighborhood or a bad neighborhood. I'm just, like, making a beeline to the pharmacia. And as I'm walking, I eat about a half mile from the hotel, and I look up, and I can see on this doorpost a man slouched and, like, passed out. He looked like he was passed out in, on a door stoop. And the little creep indicator lights are going off. You know, the hair on the back of your neck stands up. I'm like, okay, that's not going to be good. So I cross over the street to avoid him, and as I start to walk across the street, I see another zombie-like guy coming at me this direction. I'm not kidding, I was was so afraid. They were converging on me. This one stood up, they were converging on me. They literally got so close, I could smell their breath. And I'm thinking, I wasn't thinking. Honestly, I I just wasn't thinking. So if I was a spiritual giant like, you know, my pastor, I probably would have started rebuking things in Jesus' name. I reverted back to my four-year-old self, and I literally sang out, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. They parted just like the Red Sea, and I literally got right through the middle and ran all the way to the pharmacy, spent my last peso on a taxi cab ride back to the hotel. So remember, there's power in the name of Jesus. You don't even need to know how to wield it well. I mean, you just, just know that he loves you, and God's going to fight for you. And then finally, uh, choose to be kind. Just choose to be kind to the other person. Um, Ephesians also tells us to speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. <clears throat> Sorry. Sing and make music in your hearts to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God, the Father, for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it goes on to talk about marriage a little bit like this. It says, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be united with his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This mystery is profound, but I am speaking about Christ and the church. Listen, marriage is a mystery. And if you're married, you know that. God allows this one person to have intimate, intimate access into your personality, a place where nobody else can get to. And he uses that relationship to rub off some of the pokey parts that maybe aren't perfect yet. He refines you in this intimate relationship. So let him have his way. Be open to constructive change. 
There's flying monkeys on the way to Oz. Woo. <laughs> so just to encourage you guys, uh, spiritual warfare is really real. Satan is really, really real. A short recap, Satan is really, really real. <laughs> Satan's all powerful, but he has limits. Remember, greater is he who is in you than he who's in the world. And God has given us a remedy to fight Satan. In James 4, 7, here's the remedy. Go vertical before you go horizontal. Submit yourselves to the Lord, resist the devil, and he will flee. It's not an option for him. He doesn't get a choice. God, get out, Satan. In Jesus' name, it's done. That's as simple as it gets. Or just sing, Jesus loves me, this I know. You'll be good to go. So, Oz, flying monkeys on the way to Oz. Remember Dorothy and the Tin Man and Toto and everybody go up to, behind kind of the thing and pull back the curtain and they're like, it's you, you little Weasley guy. You were doing smoke and mirrors and loud noises and stuff. And he's like, well, you know, I'm just, you know, it's like, ah, you punk. You tried to punk us out. Well, it's in the Bible too. In Isaiah 14, 16, it says, those who see you will gaze at you, Satan, and consider you, Satan, saying, this is what we're going to say, is this the man who made the earth tremble, who shook the kingdoms? So I just want to encourage you as we wrap up today, that as you consider spiritual warfare in your life, ask yourself, what was it that was going on that was you? Own it. I shouldn't have done that. I got a little hot and heavy on that. But also realize that there's an enemy who's not only a deceiver, but he's discouraging. He wants to create despondency, despair, depression, and ultimately death. We've all known, sadly, people who have committed or tried to commit suicide, kids who are cutting, all of that stuff. And that stuff is satanically induced. And so if you're in here, we're going to have three prayers here in a second. The spiritual warfare in your life, jobs, COVID, whatever it is, is too much. It's too much. And you need help. We're going to pray for you. There's a group of us in here, I flow in and out of this space myself, where, like, I'm totally committed to the Lord, I totally love God, but I'm kind of, like, lukewarm right now. I don't really do devos, I'm not really into the word, like, but here's the deal. You're totally here today. You are faithful today. Like, you can hear this word in your heart today. Well done, good and faithful servant. You came and then there's those in here or online, and you guys can hit us up in the chat when you ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life, and you're just kind of like posing. You got the lingo, you kind of, you're actually, some of you are actually super faithful because you came here today, you didn't really want to come, but you're coming because your spouse or best friend or somebody brought you, but you don't know the Lord, and the consequences of that are significant. You have 70, if by good fortune, 80 years on this planet, and the rest of eternity, you're either spending in the presence of the Lord, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, in eternity with all kinds of really cool things that we really don't understand, that, but it's really awesome. So don't worry about having to sing the whole time because that's part of it, but apparently we're going to love it, and there's all kinds of really cool stuff in heaven. Or you're going to go to hell, which is really bad, and there's a really super crystal clear description of that. Fire, brimstone, outer darkness, weeping and gnashing of teeth. So think about this. The old Coke bottle's broken, and then you're like, how did I get blood on my arm from a Coke bottle breaking? Because there's like shards of glass that you're ay, ah, 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 constantly being cut in hell with fire licking, <laughs> yet outer darkness. And then if you live next to a snorer, this is way worse than snoring. This is like weeping and gnashing of teeth. So let's pray. Jesus, we're just mindful that we don't have anything to fear. Perfect love casts out fear. 
We're not afraid of Satan, but we're wise to the wiles of the devil. We have weapons of our warfare, which are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, and we can defeat the enemy. We can pray for prodigals. We can pray for those that we love. We can pray for each other. Lord, in the name of Jesus, the Lord rebuke you. Bind, break, and destroy Apollyon in the name of Jesus. You have no authority in this place. Ceiling to floor, wall to wall, door to door, mind, body, soul, and spirit. Get out in the name of Jesus Christ. You have no authority. And now in this place, the spirit of God, the peace that surpasses all understanding to guard hearts and minds for my brothers and sisters who've been beat to a pulp now times of refreshing are coming upon you in Jesus name. Lord we need a recommitment and it's your grace it's your kindness that brings us to repentance it's not the law Woo! fresh start for everybody here I thank you Jesus and the last prayer for those of you from my right to your left who've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life including those online hit us up in the chat from my right to your left our hearts are about and our eyes are closed. If you want to ask Jesus for the first time to be the Lord of your life, just raise your hand. Okay, anybody feeling an unction just to pop it up? I'm going to pray for you anyway. Pray for the, you here and the people online. Jesus, I want to thank you. Today is a day of salvation. For those who are just like, oh, it's a battle, it's, it's warfare. I don't know, I can't, I want to be embarrassed. Pray this prayer and just talk to God. Jesus, I admit, A, I admit that you are the Lord of the universe. B, I believe, Jesus Christ, you are who you say you are. And C, I confess with my heart and my mouth I'm a sinner and that you are my Lord and Savior. We love you and we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Did you decide to follow Jesus while listening to this podcast today? We want to celebrate with you and help you with your next steps. Click the link in the podcast description to get connected with a pastor and your next step. If you want to learn more about what's going on at City View, download our City View app through the App Store or the Google Play Store. You can find everything from special events, outreach opportunities, and additional resources all in one centralized location. Links are in the description below. Thanks for listening. For more information, check out our website at cityviewphx.com or download the CityView app on the App Store.